Tyler's message this morning is Father's first line of defense. I don't know why, but it seems sometimes as men, and I'm speaking to myself, that I wanted to stay a kid. <laughs> I didn't want to grow up. Because once we make that step into maturity, there's like a dump truck of responsibility that gets on us, and sometimes we don't want that. Tyler's message is father's first line of defense. Line of defense, any person or organization whose responsibility it is to defend against something. I admire all facets of law enforcement, fire departments, military, and all agencies that protect us from harm. It's a crazy world in which we live in. We pay people to watch us. We're not to be trusted on the highway of driving within the speed limit. We have to pay people to watch us. So if we do get out of line, then we have to cough up some money and pay a ticket or whatever. But that's the way it is in life. And that's our culture, if you will. Since Adam was created, the first father, God has instructed and intended husbands and fathers to be the first line of defense for their wives and their children. Defense against what or who, you might ask. Our text explains it this morning, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour. And I want to guarantee you dads and grandpas here today that your wife and your grandchildren are on his hit list, as all of us are as well. Verse 9 tells us what to do in that first line of defense. Take a firm stand against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. I can't overemphasize enough to have you to understand how serious this issue really is. When I think about, when I think about that scripture, my mind always goes back to a story and a movie that was made about it. The late 1890s, Victorian England wanted to build a railroad from the west coast town of Mombasa to Lake Victoria and then on to Uganda. In 1898, 130 miles up the road, they ran into a problem with the railroad. They ran into the Savo River Bridge. There were two mainless males. It, there's, in, in most of Africa, there's not very many mainless males, but there were two males there, and they were extremely smart. And when it talks about them prowling around, over the course of the next few months, they went into these camps and these Indian coolies. They would drag them out into the brush, and both of these lions would devour them. Some say there was almost 100 people that were killed. Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson was there to kill the lions, and it took him quite a while because these lions were really smart. He'd be sitting in a tree and they'd go in another one of the eight subcamps, and they'd drag off somebody from there and eat them. He could hear them, but he couldn't get there fast enough to do anything about it. In this clip, we got the clip. I don't know if there's any sound or not, Steve. It doesn't matter. He has a nightmare, and it's the nightmare that we should have about what's going on. Watch this. His wife's come to visit. <laughs> Helena! 
just a dream. In all reality, that's real life. We don't see Satan attack us like that. But he has so many other subtle ways that he does it. And that is his function in life, is to devour your wife and your children and drag their soul into hell. That is his, that is his prime directive. A lot of times we don't get that and we kind of brush it off or whatever. But I'll guarantee you that's going on in that other dimension around us today, in the, even in this place. There's two dimensions. There's our dimension, and then there's a spiritual dimension that we can't see into. And in the confines of that other dimension, there are angels and demons that are doing battle even as we speak. Be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour. Satan has his sight on people that you love. He smells their scent in his nose. And his claws are out. And he is wanting more than anything else to sink his great big canines into the soul of people you love. And drag them into hell. We don't like that word. Actually, people say, man, I don't go to church, especially if they preach those hellfire and brimstone messages. We need to talk about it. It's real. Just as sure as I'm standing on this stage, there is a hell. And people that don't know Christ are going to burn there forever. It needs to be said. We've soft-soaped it. I don't think you can do that. It's like Diane and I heard Franklin Graham in Tennessee. He says, I can't back down. He said, you cannot back down. There's too much at stake. And you know the tragic fact around it. It might not come to light till that day that we stand before Christ at the judgment seat and we men are judged as fathers. God Almighty has put us as the first line of defense with our families. You hear this a lot. Hopefully you hear it a lot. It takes both parents to raise children. You can't take away the power of a mother's love, and a dad can't imitate that. A dad can't step in and feel that mother's love. And on the other hand, children need their fathers as well. A study done by researchers from the University of Maryland School of Medicine in Baltimore found that children who have been fathers Children who have fathers in their lives learn better. They have higher self-esteem and show fewer signs of depression than children without fathers. It is also seen that children who perceive their fathers as supportive feel a great great sense of social acceptance and show fewer signs of depression. So this is the role that we as fathers have been called into. If your father wasn't there, he was absent, or he wasn't the dad he should have been, I apologize for him. You can't go back and change that. But the point is, you fathers here that have younger children, you you can go from this day forward. It's it's the whole point of trying to, to break a cycle that should be broken. And a lot of times we as dads don't realize the responsibility that that God has put on us. Here's ten roles that a father should fill. The first one's pastor. You should be pastor at your house. It's a father's role to teach their children about Christ 
And all that is entailed in being devoted, a devoted follower of Jesus as well. Your children need to hear you pray. There need to be times in your children's life when they hear their names come out of your mouth and pray for them and their needs. That, that's what God desires of fathers. That's our responsibility. Dads need to model Christ in front of their kids as the first line of defense. The second role is protector. Protection doesn't just involve physical safety, but also emotional and security and financial safety. I believe that fathers not only protect their family spiritually from danger or harm, they protect them from immorality and spirituality as well. Studies have shown that many of the problems in society today, such as learning disabilities, emotional, behavioral, and psychological problems that lead to juvenile delinquency, premarital sex, drugs, and crime are the result of growing up without a father or due to broken marriages. And I could stand here and yammer the rest of the day of all the things that attack the family today. It seems like in our culture we're, we're immersed in it. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Third role is provider, providing for one's family. I don't know if we have grasped that or not, but on that day when you stood in front of God and people that loved you and you looked into that woman that you picked over every other woman on the face of this planet and said, I do. That's what comes with that. The Father not only provides for the spiritual needs but also the material and emotional needs as well. Together with his wife, he must teach their children how to live within their means have them understand what financial responsibility really means. The fourth role is teacher. It would be unfair for kids not to learn anything from their dads, especially Bible stories and how to apply those in their life. A father's eyes is the window to the world. It's the dad that hopefully teaches that child what the world's like and how to live in it and how to prepare themselves for, them, for that. And who as a dad never heard like 5,000 why questions in a world? Why, daddy? Just because. Because why? And then on and on and on and on. Fifth role is playmate. This is a role that I excelled at as a dad. <laughs> Spending time and having fun with your kids is priceless. I could go over a list of things that Josh and I did. Diane doesn't know some of them, so to save myself for the Grief, I'll, I'll just keep that between Josh and I. But, but I remember this one thing we do, and this is probably a terrible thing, so you kids don't ever try this at home. But anyhow, we would get bubble gum. We'd be at the mall with Diana and Stacy, and they'd be shopping. We'd get bubble gum and blow these giant bubbles and take that out of our mouth and put it in the mouth of a mannequin. <laughs> There'd be a mannequin standing there with that great big thing of gum in their mouth of people. Boy, they give it the double take. I don't know if you thought that was amusing, but we got a big kick out of it. So, uh, and if you were ever in Terre Haute in the late 70s, if you ever stepped in gum at the mall, that was probably our gum. I just, I just wanted to, it's a terrible thing, isn't it? We'd put that down on Josh and said, look how people, how close they get to it. And sometimes, they, <laughs> isn't that awful? 
And you're saying, man, that guy's my preacher. Gee whiz. <laughs> it was fun at the time, though. We did all, all kinds of other stuff, too, but I'm not going to say. The sixth role is companion. Dads must provide time for their families. Children spell L-O-V-E by T-I-M-E. They, uh, they spend a lot of time with their, their kids. It's huge, and I don't think children ever forget it. And I know a lot of you do that because I see you at school functions. I see grandpas at school functions, and I appreciate that, whether it's at the church, whether it's an award, whether they're graduating or their engagement. I think that's a tragedy when children's parents never support them in different things, and I think especially dads. Seventh role is, is trainer. You're showing kids how to do stuff. It's like teaching, but the kids will ask, is this how you do it, Dad? Show me how. Teach me, will you? I, I think if all the... I failed in some of these roles. I probably failed in this one. I, I don't like to talk about my dad, especially in a negative way. But he, and I know he had his own problems. You know, and I've mentioned this maybe too many times, but my mom died when I was eight, and dad, it messed my dad up. And I, I can't imagine what he went through. There are things in our childhood that you might say scar you. Call it what you will, but it leaves such an impression on your mind that, uh, on your heart, that it, uh, it's always there. And I, I remember uh, my dad losing my mom and some of the things that went on during that time. And so I don't hold that against him. But he never really taught me to do anything. And I, I, didn't, I didn't, probably didn't do so good with Josh either. I hear tragic stories. Years ago, I, I knew a guy, worked with him on the railroad. And he was from Jersey, Jersey, he had that accent a little bit. And he said that his dad was an alcoholic and he left at an early age as a child. And he, 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 he always had this desire to look his dad up and talk to him or whatever. So this guy goes to Newark, went back to the old neighborhood, found the bar where his dad drank. He went in, there was his dad sitting at the bar. He sat down beside him, bought him a couple of beers, and they talked. He said, I couldn't bring myself to, to tell that guy that I was his son. See, I, I think that's a great tragedy myself. Like I said, maybe some of you didn't have very good fathers. Maybe, maybe your dad was absent. You never even knew him. You know, my friend and brother Joe Mantella, his mom was pregnant with Joe when he went to Europe a month after D-Day and got killed in France. Never saw him. I, I think there's, there's situations like that. But the point of the message today is for us men today that this might mean something to us. That it might, it might cause us to be better dads or better grandpas, especially in a spiritual way. In a spiritual way. In role eight is talent developer. Fathers should be able to pick up what a child is good at and help them develop that gift and encourage them. I, I don't think you can tell a child too many times how proud that you are of them. 
ninth role as procreator. Both husband and wife has been given a unique from God and to <laughs> reproduce. And in that whole concept of the birds and the bees, if you will, is to explain to those children what God's perspective is on that. Because if you don't tell them, the world will. That's how I learned. <laughs> no adult ever sat down with me and gave me this talk, so to speak. I learned it from my friends and from the world, and it was the wrong definition, if you will. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Last role, a servant. I think we like authority sometimes, and we like to be in charge, and in jest, we will take our wives to the Scripture where it says the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. But as we exercise that in our lives, we have to do it through love, and it's in a servant role more than, more than a power role, if you will. And serving sometimes is a little hard to do. I've showed this clip a couple times, but I think it's priceless. So sometimes it gets a little stinky being a dad. Let's watch. Big old tough dad. He he come up against something Mary couldn't handle. So uh, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. At the same time that fathers can cast all their cares upon God, they must still be self-controlled and alert. They are words that means pay attention, wake up urgent command to be constantly aware and to never let your guard down. John 4, 7, or Peter has given this admonition in, in chapter 4, verse 7 regarding prayer. The end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. And then likewise, Paul urged the Thessalonians in 5, 6, 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, be alert and self-controlled. The words were meant for, to get our attention and for us not to be lazy in our faith, but maintain discipline and steadfastness in our own spiritual lives. Fathers are the first line of defense for their families, and they've got to be constantly aware who we fight 24-7, if you will. 
The devil has other names, Satan, Accuser, Beelzebub. But he is the source of all evil in this world, and he hates God and is God's archenemy. Thus, he also hates God's people and is their enemy as well. We realize that God, Satan has no power over God, but he does have power to harm God's people. Peter described him as prowling like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If you know anything about lions, they attack the sick, the young, the ones that are alone, and they prowl, and they finally attack their suspecting victims, and they cause victims, and they cause fear by that giant roar that they give out. Colonel Patterson finally killed both lions on the Savo River in 1898 in Africa. This last clip I'm going to show you is, it, you, you kind of get a feel of the intensity of it. Now, our fight with Satan might not be this intense, and that's what he plans, and that's what he wants. But I, I, want, to show you, I want to show you this clip. I think, it, I think it, it, it does well to see what we're up against, actually. Let's watch. I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to sort it out.
Satan doesn't attack us like that. Maybe he does sometimes. The vast majority of the time, it's never like that. It's never out in the open. It's never face-to-face like that. He's so subtle that, that, uh, that he doesn't do that. You and I cannot kill Satan with rifles and shotguns and pistols, knives. Can't even use plastic explosives and blow him up. He's too smart for that. But God has given us the power. The Scripture tells us greater is he is in us that is in this world. Do you realize as a a follower of Christ, you have the power to send Satan packing? All you have to do is pray in Jesus' name, Satan hit the road. I belong to Christ. You have no business here. We have to do that with our families as well. And we have to do it often because he does. He comes back and he comes back and he comes back and he comes back. And everything that he does is always under cover of darkness and it's always subtle. On the surface, it seems fine. But there's always some way that that he can get a claw in to hook somebody that we love. And before long, we are almost being devoured before we even know that it happens. A, A lot of things don't shock me anymore. In 40 years of ministry, I nothing really really shocks me, but it makes me mad. And I get aggravated. Morning news on CBS this Saturday. I was watching it. And they were talking about this new series. I don't, have, I don't have dish. I don't have cable. I just got an antenna. But there's a new series coming out for teenagers on HBO. And they had some family advocates that were standing up against it. But what the producer said, said, this is real life kids. It's showing kids having sex and doing drugs and all these other manner of things that they want to they want to put it out and 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 have those children believe that it's okay. Well, it's not okay. And this is just mild. This is just one of the ways that the enemy works on our children. And be it it's sad for us as kids or as parents sometimes because if we don't let our children do what everybody else is doing, it, it, we, we think that the, or they think they're being deprived, and it, it's a sad state of event. But we as parents, we have to always be aware of what he's up to. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have power over him. To do this, our hearts, dads, have to be right with God. And we must pray, pray, pray. James gives us instructions to do this vital issue of being first line of defense for our families. James chapter 4, 7 through 10. The first sentence is interesting. So humble yourselves before God. A lot of times men were too proud our ego's too big, our macho's too strong, that how dare me ever humble myself before anybody. That's why, James, so humble yourself before God. Get yourself out of the way. Put your family first. Don't think about yourself all the time. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw close to God and God will draw close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you hypocrites. Let there be tears from the wrong things you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. When you bow down before the Lord and admit your dependence on him, he will lift you up and give you honor. And in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9, again, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and in his good time he will honor you. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about what happens to you. Be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victims to devour. Take a firm stand against him and, he, and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. So I ask you, dads, this morning, what has God said to you about your role as first line of defense for your family? A lot of time we have to man up and quit shirking our responsibility. We can blame it on a lot of different things, but when push comes to shove, God has put that on your plate. As your God-given role as your children's pastor, protector, provider, teacher, trainer, talent developer, procreator, and servant, how are you doing in these areas? Are you Jesus to your children? Do you pray for them daily? Do they hear their names come out of your mouth as you lift them and their needs up to the throne of God? That, 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 that's what should be happening at your house. Do you tell them how much you love them? Do you tell them how much they're worth to you and how proud you are of them? It's a big responsibility, but do your children feel secure? When they go to bed at night, are they secure in your love and in the security that you give them? That's your role. You can't push that off on a woman. We, many of us have tried. God bless moms. There's a lot of people in church today, and there's a lot of kids where they are, not because of their dad, because he shirked his responsibility. He pushed it off on mom. You know what? Going to church is for kids and women. That's the most evil thing that a man can say or even think. Now, I'm, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go boating. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then when that child goes up, he does the thing, thing. And when he rejects God, it's on you. Cats in the Cradle, perfect song. Every word's right down to the letter. I'm not saying this to make you mad. I'm just saying that it might prompt you to be who God has called you to be. Lord, we love you. I know it's a big responsibility as a father. But nonetheless, it, it doesn't get us off the hook. It's what you've called us to do. It's what you've called us to be. And I know there's some great dads in this place. And I'm sure there's some that maybe needs to step up a little bit. So right now, today, Holy Spirit, as you deal with our hearts, that you right, remind us of that. That we are the first line of defense. And for us to not to wait till... The stinking devil has our children by the leg and dragging them off, whatever, into whatever activity that might be. So right now, Father, I just pray that you'd help us to be the men that you've created us to be. We ask all these things in the name of Christ. Amen.